welcome to the Dads with Nerdy Ambitions podcast. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and I was supposed to be joined by my co-host, the wonderful, the adorable, the impeccable, and the ever-talkative Kevin Bobbins. Unfortunately, he decided he had to be on daddy duty tonight, so he's not joining me. However, in his latenance and lack thereof duties, um... I have the wonderful, the adorable Jeff Rawling, who from Fable, you got to hear her beautiful voice, as well as I have John Bristol of uh, Elmwood Puppets. Uh, so I've got you guys both on the show tonight. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, for we are going to be talking about puppets, okay? which, <laughs> which is an everyday thing for you guys. Like... It, I'm curious. I, we'll get into the actual interview here, but I, I you know, I want to know, like, John, you have a plethora of puppets in the background, mm -hmm. and we were kind of talking a little bit about. Oh yeah, that. Um, most of the ones behind me are toys or dolls, but right there, yes, that's that's Todd. He's a real a real puppet, a real boy. He's a real <laughs> puppet that was in our uh, first movie, Josh and Todd. He was the main character. He's missing his feet but he's otherwise right there he's about four foot eleven when he stands up all the way too are you serious he's he's a full body than me, actually. yeah yeah wow with you and uh he's yeah he's a character he was a yeah it was an r-rated movie it's pretty <laughs> wild yeah. i'm I'm not against it i would absolutely i'm definitely gonna have to check this out it's so. free on youtube so yeah <laughs> but yeah so i'm surrounded by i have a couple more older puppets like in a case over here on the wall but okay pick those up they're like Jess, yeah. Jess, how many do you have? How many puppets do I have? Like, is there a bunch around? Like, when you wake up in the morning, guys, do you like just see puppets like to the side, like Annabelle style? Like, <laughs> no. uh, you want to answer that first, or do you want me to answer? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, um, no. I have I have one puppet. It's actually John's um puppet. Uh, a new character for um, a series that Elmwood does called Animal Behavior, and she is a cat. Um, I'm not going to show her to you because she's a new character. So yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 This, we haven't um, even filmed this second <laughs> season yet, but yeah. But she's I, she's modeled off of John's cat. So if she mm -hmm. comes in and comes up and sits right here, you'll actually see her. She'll yeah, sit no worries. Yeah. The real cat. We're we're used to having animals and children yeah. like randomly mm -hmm. come in on the podcast. <laughs> it happens all the time, and I just I giggle about it. Like Good. it's it's the best. And um, I have, I mean, I I my basement is literally full of bins of puppets. That's where we store them usually. Mm -hmm. I tried to fill my house with them because I don't want to like overdo it all the time. You know, I have a whole studio I build them in. I have my basement with the studio we film stuff in. So I you know seasonally i'll have a couple here and there like or like for working on a project and they're out or if i'm working on something i'll bring in the house to work on but and the only like the only i only have the ones that are in this room really mm -hmm. in my house right now in my office so yeah so you build them too i'm so the you... primary builder yeah for the company so i my in my house right now in the basement there's probably a few hundred all right. So the history so of elmwood is in my basement if my house burned down we'd be in trouble <laughs> they're insured so <laughs> So what in somebody's life made them decide? What what made you decide that you wanted to do wanted to build puppets? I um 
I was a puppet nerd as a kid. I didn't know that thing could exist. That term could exist, really. You know, now it's a thing. But like when I was younger, I loved the Muppets, loved Sesame Street, loved like any show that came on TV with puppets. I had to watch it even if I didn't like it. Like the way the look, like the tangibility of it. You know, like like you could actually maybe touch Grover. You couldn't touch Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. You know, Mickey Mouse wasn't something unless you went to Disney World. You know, but like that's a guy in a costume. Mm-hmm. Don't tell the little kids that. <laughs> um, but. There's something real to it that you didn't didn't get with animated characters or comic books and things like that. I love comics too. And I just like, really thought that was cool. And often throughout my life, I would build a puppet here and there for fun, like out of a doll or things like that, but never took it seriously. But thought it was fun and played with like my toy puppets, tons of those when I was a kid. And then I started really getting into comics and started drawing comic books and like doing comics and making that a possible career, doing commercial art, things like that. And me and some buddies one year were... We had this comic strip we were working on. I was drawing and a couple of us were writing it. And we, we knew it wasn't going to go anywhere because it wasn't something that people would really want to read. It was more personal and silly. And I made the joke that we should make a movie out of it. Instead, how hard can movies be to make? You know, everyone get a video camera now. So you make a movie. This is like 97, maybe. Okay. And around that same time, we were a bunch of us got together, the same guys and our girlfriends, and they got together to watch um, A Christmas Carol at Christmas time. And when it was over, I'm like, we should take that idea of the comic that we were going to do as a movie, but make puppets of them. Because we're not good looking enough to be on screen. So if we make puppets, instead of it being us, people will pay attention. And within a year, it took it over my life. It became like the primary art form I wanted to do. Like I just started really learning it. And by 2002, so like if that was 97, 98, within four years, we were working on what became Josh and Todd and Steve the Vampire and all that. Yes, and we're going to talk a real about thing. We're yeah. going to talk about Steve the Vampire All over right. here. <laughs> um, I feel like this interview was destined to happen. <laughs> but it, so did you go to college? Did you, how, how did you learn to do this? Um, I studied a lot of other artists, you know, a lot of the other puppeteers and puppet builders. Um, lot, some of it was like early, early internet. So you couldn't just go online and go on YouTube and buy tutorials. Mm-hmm. So anything I could find with like a puppet in it, I would watch or behind the scenes footage. I can get a hold of that, go to any shows that were happening. Fortunately, Connecticut, we do have UConn, which is the only one of two colleges in the country that can give a degree in puppetry. I had no interest in doing that because I just, didn't want to have to take three different math classes and 12 science classes to learn how to do puppets. But you could go there and like see puppets in person at their museum. They have a gallery, the Wigo Museum the Institute, they call it space and things like that. So that was good. You go down there, you get your hands on them a little. And it was, uh, yeah, so that was helpful. And then I just tried to seek out other puppeteers and just meet people and pick at their brains. And then the internet got bigger and it still wasn't the biggest thing in the world even by 2002 you, you know there wasn't youtube didn't even exist yet you know mm-hmm. and but i'd find things online about puppet making and just scour what little of the internet there was at that point to learn and so a lot of it was self-taught i really learned how to build on my own and puppetry was just you know going to auditions and failing just so i could see how people were puppeteering in person and things like that like i knew i wouldn't get the part that i wanted to go because i didn't want the part because i'm not really a big live theater guy either i love it but i don't want to do it but I'd go to the audition for like a big puppet show to see puppeteers, you know, and that was cool and just making connections. So just and practicing and practicing and practicing. And now I'm bastard about it with my crew. <laughs> <laughs> like when I imagine you going to, and, and I know this isn't really how it happens, but like everything in my mind, you have a puppet on your hand. So I just imagine you going to these meet and greets with people and just, <laughs> 
almost not ventriloquism, but like you yeah. have a puppet, but like it's, it is an art. And it, yeah. and, and oh, yeah. I, I was, I, I half made the joke, like the college, I like, is it a vocation or something? I didn't know if it actually fell under a specific like special effects thing of. And yeah, you kind of think that's part of this part of their theater program, technically, okay. but they do it, but they're really starting to do more with the television and film industry with the program. But um, it's definitely like a vocation because you got to figure like people don't think about it, but the snuggle bear, mm. was commercial. That's a puppet. You kind of forget about that. Grogu, Yoda, yeah, the puppets. You know, ET was a puppet. I mean, there was more to it than just this. But that's the soul. That hand is the soul. You know, so. And, and yeah. you guys, you guys got to have so. I did a little bit, and I, I don't even want to say it qualifies, but like long time ago, you long, put your hand in it ago, and you put it up in the air. Yeah, <laughs> like when I was a kid, I we did a we did a my in Virginia we did a, a puppet thing, and we had puppets, and we did this like little story thing, and I remember my hand being up here and having to angle down my my hand and claw it and yep. just yeah yeah and that's and i just remember like my arm hurting like do you guys have to exercise with that do you just like keep your arms up like that just up in the yes. air just do yeah. singular pull-ups or, or something of that sort it's practice and sometimes we'll um buddy up with each other too mm -hmm. and smush together and hold each other's arms yeah. in the air as oh, you're normally yeah. tired, someone might lean up against your back on the ground and hold your arm up for you mm -hmm. if you're getting tired. But like it's, it's a lot of just keep practicing keeping your arm up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> with a weight, it's better to do it with a puppet than not because if you do it all the time like this, mm -hmm. then you put the puppet on and your whole dynamic is different once you're in the puppet. So it's like it's better to have a puppet on. But... Just, just hold a ten pound dumbbell dumbbell yeah. over your head oh, while yeah. watching Game of Thrones. Yeah. Just... So I'll pick like one of the heavier puppets I have and just sit there like while I'm watching TV and try to lip sync along with the show or something. Mm -hmm. Some music <laughs> just to keep the the to keep the arm up and and I've been doing it forever. I'm still like sometimes like shaking and in pain, but mm -hmm. yeah. It's awesome. Wow. <laughs> That's like I'm laughing because it's it's awesome. It really this is it's just things I don't ever think about. And this is, these are passions for you guys. These are, these are the things that you love and enjoy doing. And this is your nerd fandom. And, and it's this, that's something... how I met Jess was she was doing a puppet show. You did a puppet show. And I went show. to, I went to watch it. Like, okay. Yeah. She was uh, another a friend we have in common is a theater director named Keith Paul had her in a show that he didn't write it. I don't think. No, he didn't write no, it. No, he didn't he write was, it directing it at this event it was a small it was a short piece and we were at the same event doing something screening films it was like this big art event that was in bridgeport like mm -hmm. 10 11 years ago yeah 10 years ago something like that and um yeah. and i was down there in the same building doing our thing but i could sneak away because it was a screening because i heard there was this puppet show on the fourth floor and i'm like i gotta go see this thing with the puppet and that's when i met her and keith and yeah and i watched her do it and do it well so i'm like hey there's my cat <laughs> that's your cat i saw your cat i thought it was mine because mine's right here you can't see it yeah doug but, just doug just walked in too oh it's doug cool yeah, and uh doug. but we uh yeah so that's how we met all right so <laughs> so jess yeah when when i asked you at fable and i and i this is this is how adorable she is she was so excited that we were just sitting there talking and i was running on cloud nine i was exhausted and you know, I, I asked her, I was like, wow, you have this beautiful voice. I, you know, I would love to talk to you about your singing. We should definitely get you on. And I'm like, hey, do you do anything nerdy? She goes, no. 
And then she goes, oh, I read all of the Lord of the Rings books and watched all the movies like in a month. And I was like, wow, that's impressive. And then as I'm about to leave, she goes, I do puppets. And I was like, really? And she goes, yeah, Elmwood Productions. I'm like, why do I know that name? I'm like, punk rock flea market. And she goes, yes. I'm like, oh my God, we got to talk about this. Yeah. So Jess, you play a ukulele, you sing. And you do puppets. How did you get into puppeteering? Um, so like John, I was very into the Muppets. Um, and anything exactly like you said, anything tangible. So I was also very into claymation films. Um, anything that looked like you could touch it, or it was being touched. Um, and Sesame Street, the way the you know characters interacted with the humans on the television show was mm -hmm. just floored me. And um Muppet Treasure Island is one of my favorite films. Um, of course, it's a musical with puppets. Um, and, oh gosh. Um, I started playing around with shadow puppets and that kind of puppeteering in uh, my undergrad. I was a theater major. So I played around a little bit with puppets that way. And, um, but like, or like full body shadow puppeteering um, where like you're the puppet. Um, and then my friend Keith, um, about uh, the first time we did this show, it was called Jumper, um, it was 13 years ago or so. Um, we performed this one act play. It was the premiere of the one act play in an art gallery. And it was so much fun. I was very inexperienced and, um, but still such a blast. He needed someone that could like sound dry and peppy at the same time. And I just happened to fall into that category. And then a couple of years passed and he reached out to me and was like, hey, I'm doing this art festival in Bridgeport. And I was like, oh, great, because I graduated college and I'm much better at acting now. So we can really make this. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I did it. And, uh, um, you know, the thing that I love about puppets is that um, they uh, there's a distancing between um, who you are as a person and who the puppet is. So you can say anything inside of a puppet and um, it's really allows you to sort of stretch that creativity more so than just acting um, a part. And you're not stuck um, in the shell people say. Yeah, you have this extra bit of separation, which I really loved. And um, sorry, Doug is just opening the door to my studio <laughs> trying to leave. Go on, <laughs> go on, Fatty, you can do it. There you go. Oh. Um, <laughs> um oh wait that's not, that's the dog you're talking about yeah <laughs> um so that's what i really loved about it and then um yeah we were one after our show we were wandering around the festival and uh sat in on the screening for were you screening head was that the film you were doing no we, we hadn't even shot head yet okay. we were screening uh steve the vampire okay i remember like, it was a horror horror yeah steve the vampire and some other shorts like on a loop Okay. So and some of animal, some of the rough draft of animal behavior. With okay. Whole, yeah. We shot that whole show twice. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> we canceled it and reshot it because we hated it, but um, didn't hate it. I shouldn't say that. It wasn't as good as it could be. Yeah. But yeah, so we did. There was a lot of Steve the Vampire that, and I think yeah. we were showing Josh and Todd too. Depending. Okay. On yeah. I was like, there was definitely we some blood. I think like there was something Probably happening. Steve, yeah. Um. So I we walked in and. Uh, John approached me and said, um, I saw, I saw your stuff. This is really great. Um, would you ever want to come work with us? And I was like, no. <laughs> Nerd. 
Oh, what are you fucking weirdos? <laughs> Playing with but, dolls. Um, <laughs> but Ew. then uh, Keith ended up linking up with them, and uh, I I hadn't done puppetry in so long, and I was like, Keith, I need to have fun. I can't like. I'm getting pigeonholed in these different roles and typecasts and I'm so over it. I need to do something fun and funny. And he was like, Elmwood needs another girl. I said, great. And I showed up and it was John. And I was like, <gasps> that guy, I forgot about that guy. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, like, like, like that's what she said about the puppetry thing. It's, it's the, it's great because you can be anything, male, female, monster, vampire, doesn't matter. You can play any part. Like, yeah, it doesn't as long as you can get the character down. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I it, it makes me want to do a puppet. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I am hey. excited. I'm like, I want a puppet. There you go. Um, make it happen. <laughs> like I I'm also God. like that's nothing like me. I don't look anything like that. Honestly, <laughs> but I played that, and people believed it. I didn't even really change my voice. I just pitched up a little. But there you go. the character is I... a bit more obnoxious than me, but it, it's similar. <laughs> So I think hard. we put a little bit of ourselves, just a, a, just an, a tiny bit of ourselves into our characters. Um, yeah. I, I I I can relate to this a little bit from the DM point of view running D and D games because I I don't do voices well, or I I think I can, especially when I have more alcohol in me. They all end up doing being Scottish for some weird reason. <laughs> I don't understand why. Um, but I like to get into the characters, and I get yeah. to be these characters, and I don't care what i do when i'm these characters because i have some that i i get very flirtatious and i get very provocative as like uh well in icewind dale i was this mayor and she was just like incredibly just like over the top the best way to put it and so it was it's fun to do that and just making sure you don't you know you don't get the uncomfortable but have the comedic fun and or versus being very serious and dark and I love that. And I so I can relate to that as what you guys do it's in puppeteering. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it's so neat because I feel like, at least in the last, with, with the exception of maybe Sesame Street and the Muppets, who have been around for quite literally generations now, like legitimate generations, uh, we're, I feel like we're seeing a lot more of puppeteering in comedy shows and movies uh it, it's starting to become a lot more predominant uh what's your theories on why that might be it goes in waves i've seen mm. like like a, a good example is like 99 to 2002 there was a ton of new puppetry shows and movies coming out okay. and then it just kind of faded out because things got canceled they didn't do well in the theater things like that and then it comes and goes and it's always like a catalyst and i would say like the current catalyst was probably in 2011 when disney really gave muppets that big push with the movie the muppets mm -hmm. and it's just been kind of an uphill climb since and even though the muppets did some things that didn't do so well you started right. seeing a lot of people leaning back on puppets for things because they realized it, it is tangible you know for commercial work you can make a puppet and have it on set and have the puppeteer there as opposed to like cg character which is going to cost you another 100 you know, like hundreds of maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars as opposed to a few thousand for a puppet, and then you pay your performer. We gotta pay your performer well if you can, but like and, and it's immediate too. You have the you know, so if, if your project is done quicker and things like that. That's why you I think the things like the Mandalorian and the new Star Wars movies where it had so much practical effects. Peter Jackson is huge on practical. Mm -hmm. You look at his Hobbit yeah. films, his Lord of the Rings films, 
they'll make everything as real as possible because it's real for the actors too. Yeah. You know, you hear actors always complaining about how they're acting to a styrofoam ball on a stick. Yeah. And that's where the character is going to be. It's like, it'd be easier if there was just the character was there. Yeah. It strengthens the acting of the humans. Yeah. You have to, they have to react and act. And imagine if Harrison Ford didn't have Chewbacca and it was a CG character. Star, the original Star Wars would not have been as good. It would have been stiff. If, if anybody who's seen Call of the Wild with him will tell you that's how it would have been because he acted to a styrofoam, a tennis ball, then they put a dog in later, you know? <laughs> and his performance was awful. And he's a great actor. He just can't act to that, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think, but I do think it goes in waves. And I think part of it is the generational thing too. I grew up, I'm, I'm the original Muppet Show generation. I'm in my late 40s. I was two or three years old when I hit the air. A 10-year Sesame Street was about 10 years in. So that was like everything for my age group. It was like what Pokemon was in the 90s. You couldn't get away from the Muppets in the 70s and early 80s. They were everywhere. Every adults, kids, everywhere, the t-shirts, dolls, toys, everywhere. It was like the biggest thing. And now we're the adults making them, the entertainment. You know, the kids who grew up on the Star Wars trilogies, both of them are now making films and TV shows and theater you know, Jess is that generation. You're the more the 90s generation. Uh, you know, so like, and she sees that, she's like Treasure Island, puppet musical. Mm-hmm. Those people were the ones that, you know, were, were acting in Avenue Q. You know, so it's like, you're seeing, I think that's part of it. We loved it, so we want to do it. Yeah. I we love, love that. it, so we want to keep loving it. Yeah. I, I love that. And, and I, I'm also disappointed in both of you because you guys didn't mention the best part of Treasure Island, which was Tim Curry. And well, his oh, acting, of yes, <laughs> his acting with the puppets, and his acting is strengthened because he's reacting to yeah. the puppets. Yeah, I the, and the exact him. opposite was beautiful in Christmas Carol because Michael Caine played it completely straight. Yeah, but Tim Curry acted like a Muppet, and it was perfect yeah. for that role. <laughs> he, he tried to keep up with them, and he topped them, and that's how you have to do if you want to keep up with them. You have yeah. to be Charles Grodin and Great Muppet Caper. If you want to keep up with them, you have to over, you have to beat them at it. Yes. Or you can do like O'Kane where he played it and he said it himself, like he was playing in the Royal Shakespeare Company. Mm-hmm. He played it completely straight. And there's no middle, I think, if you're gonna act with the Muppets. Either you go for it or you you be the straight man. You know? Or you're incredibly sincere. Yeah. Yeah. And that was and Tim that's why those two movies are still so great now. Because mm-hmm. the humans that were in them. I mean they're great. They're both two of my favorite Muppet mm. movies. I, I'm I, but this much higher on Christmas Carol, though. Sorry, but really? Yeah. Wow. I ah oh, no. I think the I, music was better in it too. That's just me. I'm a big I, Paul I Williams fan. That. As a songwriter, Paul Paul Williams is one of my favorite songwriters, and he did that mm-hmm. one too. So less Broadway feeling, you know. <laughs> yeah. More pop feeling, but yeah. but yeah. I think yeah. I I, I respect that. I. Re- I respect your opinion. You're wrong because Treasure <laughs> Island definitely is the better of the two. But the however, best one, the best one is still the original, the Muppet movie from '79. That is the best one. But is that the one where they had the old Volkswagen Beetle or not Volkswagen? Kind of like the Volkswagen Volkswagen wagon. Wagon. Oh, Woody. Yes, Woody. yes, yes. Yes, and then it was Studebaker or something like that. Yeah, yeah. They, they drive across the country to go to Hollywood to be famous. Yeah. Yes. Wow. God, that's dating myself here. Um, just so a little bit. when it was new, so that's dating myself. Like, <laughs> 79. I was four. I still remember. That's awesome. Um, all right. So I know we kind of went from who you guys a little bit who you are and talking about the pop culture and nerd culture of puppeteering. Um, I feel like we should kind of talk about the history here. And I saw your guys' eyes light up when we were like the brief beforehand. So 
I'm bracing myself here because so I, I feel like there's history a long of puppetry history. or history of our puppetry. Let's start with the history of puppetry itself, and then we'll go into you guys. Um, and like, <laughs> I you know, it's how do you? So it's been Plato around, was in a cave. <laughs> yeah, it's, it goes all the way back to the first forms of theater when cavemen were moving rocks and pretending they were people to tell mm-hmm. a story to each other. That's it's you know, and bringing it to the U.S. You know, it's you know, we had. The, the native the natives were here and doing it before anything they were doing things with shows with characters and it's so hard to like just say what's the history in like a nutshell because well, how do you so many different cultures have done it and what was that i say how do you go from a rock to a frog waving his arms up right. in the air because that rock symbolized a frog in somebody's story okay you know you got to figure that they didn't have the technology to make things that the way we can make them now um there was a time in England when the only legal form of theater was puppetry. You know, it was really? considered theater was considered the devil's art because it was people pretending to be things they're not that God didn't create you to be, but puppets could do it, you know? So there's like different aspects of different times in history. Then you look at American pop culture, you know, you hit the 19, 1900s and puppetry became a very kid thing where before that it was aimed at, there were shows for kids, the Punch and Judy shows, you know, mm-hmm. You know, over in, over in Europe and England were a totally for adults. Kids loved them because it was puppets hitting each other, but it's it's about domestic violence, you know, like and but when it hit when puppetry really started growing in the US, just to keep maybe keep it more local for us, it became a kids' entertainment. And that mm-hmm. isn't fair, you know, like it took years for even when the Muppets hit, they weren't aimed generally at kids. Mm-hmm. Their first show was a late night show. Really? You know? And they were they were part of the original season of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. You know, like the first they season. Were late night variety cast. shows. Yeah. Adult they summer. Had, yeah, their first show was in DC, like at eleven o'clock at night, right before the the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. the local station, and it was just Muppets blowing each other up and making adults laugh. Huh. And that led to the commercials and the variety shows, and then the Sesame Street because they wanted puppets, and they were like, "We're new puppets. We're doing these guys." Yeah. And. That's that's cool. I didn't. I love <laughs> yeah. when I learn things. I I absolutely do. So going from there, then let's talk about the history of Elmwood Productions. So or Jess, you can tell him the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, um we started, like I said, we me and some buddies were doing comics and things like that. And we thought we, we should make a movie and we have this idea. We've still never made that movie, which is funny. But and then I really got into my personal journey of like learning about puppets and puppetry and really getting involved, not just being a fan of like puppets and things, but really learning and becoming a sponge, going to puppet festivals, doing all that. And like, and then um, around 2001, I moved out of Connecticut. All my friends were here. We were doing it here. I moved away for a year and a half, came back. And that year and a half was great because I, I lived somewhere where there was so much happening. I lived in, in Central Florida and there was so much happening, not Central, but Tampa area. And there was so mm-hmm. much happening with puppetry at that time, live television, things like that. Like, I got to like just take in, in that area and being so close to the theme parks and things like that. So much cool stuff happening. And I learned so much about building when I was down there. Cause I was pretty, pretty much solitude. Didn't hang out with a lot of people, kept to myself. Like I knew I was going to be there forever. So I don't want to like hang out and make all these friends and leave them. I have some friends I still talk to this day from down there, but like not like my friends that were up here. And as soon as I came back up, I connected with this buddy of mine, Russ, who he was always interested in doing puppet stuff too. And as soon as I saw him, the first time I saw him, the first words out of his mouth were, when are we going to start making these puppet movies? And that was it. That's We'd already been calling ourselves Elmwood Productions, but that was really... Um, and then we started making a short film called Josh and Todd, which didn't get finished because um, we 
bit off more than we could chew. So we started doing this, this cable access show that the local cable access company refused to air because it was too <laughs> it was too much. It was too weird, you know. <laughs> um, but we did it, and that was like our high school education in puppet films. You know, we we we, sh- we built sets, we did everything, you know, on, on our knees on the ground and the hands up, and had all the raised sets. And I was building all the puppets, and then we finally then we started Steve the Vampire. And when Steve the Vampire was the first one came out, and 2006 it was just things just started snowballing from there the first short film came out it was gonna be a one-off short it was a, it was like a one-line joke it was a punchline steve the vampire lives with his mom and the joke was you know how 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 miserable would a vampire be if they live with their mom we, we do one <laughs> of these, yeah we'll do one of these it'll be a, a short film we'll move on with our lives and do something else and then we went right back into doing the josh and Tom, trying to bring that movie back and that still took another five years to actually make that movie but during that time we made steve the vampire and we shot tons of other stuff, and, including Josh and Todd. And, and like, that's the very brief version of the history. And then through Josh and Todd, we had this like low, we did a couple more web series and then we made the horror movie, which just blew, blew us up in a way. We made Head, which is, yeah, it's, cool. which is never meant to be the title of the movie, but it stuck. And, uh, <laughs> and when that came out, it was just like all of a sudden, you know, the, the horror community and the film community really embraced us for doing something different with puppets. Again, going back to how everything it's for kids, this R-rated horror movie comes out and it's played completely straight. Mm-hmm. It's not like when they get cut, they bleed yarn. No, when they cut, it's blood. You know, we play it completely straight. The actors never wink at the camera like, we're a puppet. No, it's just, it was written as if it was for actors, but we did it with puppets. What made you decide to go edgier when it came to puppeteering? I think that was like me and my friends at the time. It's my friends to this day. We're, we're, we love each other. We're huggy group, huggy touchy people. But we're also the first ones to like call each other f bombs. So gross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're the you know like somebody comes in, what's up? You effing this, you know, like yeah. just making fun of each other. And that's kind of our humor. We're, we 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 you know, there's like not a lot of boundaries with the humor with us. We wouldn't put all that on film necessarily, but yeah, we're, we're our humor is a little darker, and it worked in the films. It really started with Steve the Vampire because it's about this teenager who lives in his basement with his mom, and he can. I mean, he's not a teenager anymore. He's like fifty. Or something, but he's been a vampire since he was 12. So he hasn't aged. And his mom is senile and thinks he's still a 13 or 12 year old. And that leads to some humor because he's trying to get laid. He's trying to move out. He's trying to get away from his crazy old mom. And then Josh and Todd was a very R-rated thing. And it's it's the the id and the ego. You know, the puppet is the a living id of the main character and ruins his life. And like it's Ted really ripped us off. We're convinced that somebody who made that movie, Ted, saw Josh and Todd first. So like you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, but we, it was just us. We didn't want to do the same thing, but there's so many Muppet clones out there. Mm-hmm. And that's the best way to put it. If you go online right now and go on Facebook and look up like puppetry groups, 80%, maybe even more of what you're going to see are people wanting to do the Muppets. So much, in fact, they're the Juppets or the Duppets or the Whuppets. They just put a different letter in front of Uppet and call it their own thing. Like, like if Jess and I were new, it would be the Juppets because we're both J names, you know, like people would just, and so there's just all these Muppet clones out there, and it's just like, no, do something different, you know. And we could have gone in a different direction too, but it was just our humor. Yeah, was edgy, you know. I liked your stuff. Like I've, I, I checked yeah. it out before we did some of this. You, you definitely have a really cool indie vibe with yes. the, the way you record and the way you add your, you know, be, everything is very organic in the audio, in this, the cinematography. Um, I, we were laughing about the, you know, because I'm talking about Bernice too, 
and how the the remote control uh wheelchair, wheelchair and everything and I, I i like that and then i right. i saw the steve the vampire which is uh, so lo-fi compared to what we're doing now mm-hmm. you know? like, yeah. and and I, I wanted to laugh and i wanted to tell the listeners because ladies and gentlemen if i haven't mentioned it i think i've mentioned about four or five times now uh i am doing vampires the masquerade and my name is steve so when <laughs> i saw this I started giggling like a little schoolgirl, and oh, right. I was, and and then it doesn't help the situation that the guy that got me into Vampires the Masquerade, Seth Pierce from uh, Classic Gaming Brothers, uh, decided that he knew John from Pup- the Elmwood Productions. He knows him, and, and he might so, have even worked on like one of our films at some point. Like maybe, of with course, he out. did. I, I don't know if I can't. <laughs> I can't tell you for sure because we've had so many people like show up for one day just to help out because they were friends with somebody or something. And I knew him through other people who were working with us, but he was always like the coolest dude. I feel like he might be in the background in the scene of Josh and Todd or something. I could be wrong. That nerd. Oh my God. I'm going to give him somebody so else, much hell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. But it's, it's just so funny. I, I swear to God, like New England is just like everybody knows everybody kind of like it's, it, Connecticut is cheers. It really is. You you guys are absolutely so you guys don't know this, but I'm not originally from here. I'm from all over Indiana, Virginia, you you name it. So like coming to like Connecticut and coming to Gilmore Girls, Southington, Connecticut, because it really is. Um, it's it's absolutely insane and it blows my mind, like the connections that are I mean, Jess, you know Tina, you yeah. know, and Tina and I do D&D together and I do it at Fable. But you know John from Puppeteering and John knows Seth, but I know like it's a Kevin Bacon joke. Mm. I, I swear yeah. to God, it, it really is. It's a Kevin Bacon joke. Um, but <laughs> sorry, going on that tangent. But it's <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he, you you guys do some really, really cool things. And I, I I can't wait to look at it more. And I like the idea of your edginess to it i like the r-rated because it's it appeals to the six-year-old child in me that wants to watch the the provide like every kid the naughty things. yes like yeah. the naughty things like you did it. everybody knows and so but you just said yeah i'm gonna make a profession out of this i'm going to have this stuff to, and you do really really well we did it, um, like i like this like bringing jess in she worked on yes. um bernie's two first for like a day I feel like were you there two or three days maybe? I was there. I was there a lot, but I only filmed like, like one, a day or two. Yeah, that's yeah. when we were first bringing you in. It was just towards the yeah. end of the filming of the film. But then the next thing we shot, we took. We, last year was a very mellow year for us overall because we we had done Bernice the year before and we were kind of burnt out. Plus with COVID and everything, I think it was mentally burnt out with a lot of stuff. Yeah. So last year we took it easy and did all the music videos. We promised the artists that did music for Bernice too. So we spent most of the year doing that, but we did a sequel to one of our short films called The Jungle Woman. And we had Jess come in and play the lead, which was a character that somebody else was already playing in the previous film. But since the character has a split personality, we had her take over the evil side. <laughs> and um, and we're not making fun of people with multiple personality. Yeah. It was just, it's like a throwback to cheesy 80s horror movies. It's a short film. And um, where was I going with this now? Son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> but just going like, like, oh, to the edgy side. Like, and when you recently yeah. when you don't know if they, like, I don't know how much of our stuff Jess had seen. Like, I knew she was aware of us, but I wasn't 100% sure. And it was like, all right, there's some, like, the first scene is two puppets having sex and the, and the character Jess is playing kills them. 
is she gonna be okay with that and she was just like yeah this is fine <laughs> like i'm like all right she gets our humor that we're gonna be fine this is gonna be fine and but then the next big project we're doing with her is a, is is one of the few family friendly things we're doing and she's mm-hmm. nailing it in, in the rehearsals and stuff so i'm so excited because the character is funny as hell and she does a great job with it so Thanks, I, yeah. I, I love i i do want to get into jess too don't yes. worry like i know we we keep going origin stories but i got nothing. that's recorded you you know that's recorded too uh, yeah tonight. it's okay it's our humor this is our elmwood plug like you want to hang with the elmwood crew <laughs> oh my god i love you guys <laughs> yes oh. God, Kevin's he's missing out on so much right now. Uh, <laughs> it's getting hot here. I'm a professional, I swear to Christ. Put a put a disclaimer on this. Uh, on this uh oh, oh yeah. I, I, we did it. Oh, don't worry. We did a boys episode. Like we did oh, okay. NSFW on that. Don't worry. You guys are fine. Okay, I, but, I, I, uh, I've been very good not to swear yet. I wanted yes. so. You guys are fine. <laughs> we, 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 I'm, I'm gonna say something i'm gonna regret it i already know we, we try to keep it as raw as possible with the audio so yeah like, okay. yeah. yeah yeah um but you're gonna <laughs> <read that. laughs> uh, so i w- i wanted to just you know kind of damn you jess <laughs> oh i'm sorry kid I'm not even taking any of this out. I'm not even taking this out. I want you to none. None of this. This is all going to be completely. I do another show. I do a a, a show once in a while with my buddy Rich about movies, and Mm. we'll go off on these stupid tangents. Oh, we always do. And then it's like, what movie were we even talking about? (laughs) We did. We do that. Tangents are where the magic happens. It it really is. That's where you get to see where the organics is of people. Mm -hmm. Like you get to see what the true people are. But all right, so we're going to go back to. Elmwood Productions for you. All right. So you, you, like I said, you guys do a ton of stuff and I think it's amazing. Um, I like the edginess of it. I like the dark humor. I love everything about this and I, I'm excited. I'm going to check out more. And, uh, and like you said, you have Jess here who is just absolutely incredible too. Super talented. Yeah. Um, And I, I kind of, I was going to wrap up with her, but you know, she's being pretty fresh over there. <laughs> bounce around yeah. <laughs> but you know just like you definitely do all of this you do all the puppeteering and like i said when we originally first met you were doing music and i'm curious how do you implement puppet do you implement puppeteering into your music or vice versa so um john has a plan to bring some oh. ukulele playing into um this is it this character yeah depending okay um so that might make an appearance but as of yet i haven't combined the two um except an hour behind the scenes videos of um every right. like second shot is me dancing to music or singing or attempting to play an out of tune ukulele the welcome, welcome to the jungle. Is this is this the jungle? Yeah, yeah, it's me that... playing the ukulele, playing welcome to the jungle on the ukulele. Is how it <laughs> how it starts, <laughs> and it just goes out of tune immediately. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, we the the, the family friendly show we're doing still has like this like, very Looney Tunes humor, like aimed mm-hmm. to all ages. 
and um, you know, anvils and frying pans in the face, things like that. And the the, the character we're having Jess play definitely is going to have definitely. I already got things she hasn't seen yet written with the character we're having her ukulele and things like that because we we think that she's such a good singer and she's using so much of her own voice in the character that makes sense. And the plan is to eventually make a feature film follow up to the show, and we want that to be a musical, like an old school Muppet movie. So like, I like we, that. I, that's yeah, awesome. If, if the next two seasons, we're doing two more seasons of it. If, if it if it goes over well enough, we're, we'll make a movie to follow it up. So at some point, my singing voice will go into Elmwood. Yeah. Okay. At some point. Mine won't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not really. I, I'll stick with the Scottish accents. I think that's where I, I strive at the best. I can sing um, in character, but not with my voice. You know? <laughs> uh, so going into your musical career, uh, mm -hmm. so how long have you been actually doing music? My whole life. Your whole life. Um, I was. Um, I my mom. Uh, was in a band when I was a little kid. Um actually she uh their band performed at this old theater um i think it was john and i had talked about this is it a theater in guilford that's an old puppet theater the, the stony creek puppet house there was some some old theater that they were playing in and i got locked backstage or lost backstage with all that's these life-size marionettes terrifying um mm -hmm. marionettes scary muppets not scary it's the strings um, <laughs> the dangle yeah. the dangle <laughs> but um so my mom was in a band and uh we would be um driving any anytime we were driving in the car we we're listening to music and um my my dad was a roadie for you know bands and stuff and um so my life has revolved around music but um when we were when we would sing in the car together my mom would train me to sing the harmonies and any anytime I slipped up she'd be like you're flat you're flat you're flat you're flat wow. um and it really like scarred me for life so now i sing very well <laughs> because so i hear that I'm like but no i um so uh i learned how to um harmonize from a young age which then got me into um choirs and um i um throughout high school i was very serious about singing in high school um i was part of the connecticut all-state choir which was very fun um it's you know 400 elite students um from all the regions of Connecticut put into one one big choir and over three days we learn um about like an hour and a maybe not an hour maybe 40 45 minutes worth of music um in all different languages and um you have to be able to you know when you enter into the competition um you have to be able to read music and um sing scales and uh, and all that, all that good stuff. You have to be able to harmonize with people on, at the drop, you know, at the drop of a hat. So, um, I was very disciplined, very disciplined in my singing. Um, got into college, uh, sang in the choirs in college, and then, um, had a slight mental breakdown where I switched my major to theater halfway through college. And I was like, <laughs> if I'm going to be here. I'm going, <laughs> I want to do fun shit. So, okay. Um, I got into theater and, uh, I did, um, uh, I did rent, um, for, it was like the biggest show that I'd ever done. Um, I did that for a whole year. I did three different productions of rent, um, saying that way for a very, you know, an entire, for 525,600 minutes, I sang the songs for rent. And That's so bad. 
totally <laughs> messed up my vocal cords. Just shouting constantly. Mm-hmm. And then couldn't sing for like a year and a half. Wow. Yeah, which is pretty devastating. Um, And so what you heard at Fable was, you know, that's years and years and years of trying to get back to where I was. Um, I'm sorry. Time out. No, 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 no. Time yeah. out. That's get back to where you were. I'm sorry. You you can hear you in the back of the the Fable episode and you're <laughs> you're beautiful. You are you have such a beautiful voice. Thank you. And like I I, I legitimately mean this and I swear on everything that <laughs> we felt bad talking like I would look I looked over at Kevin. I'm like, Kevin, do we need to shut up? like she's singing like people are listening and it was dead quiet i was there one time when she was playing and it was awesome and some customer decided to lean on a shelf mid-song and knock the whole shelf over with all this glass on it and it went towards jess yeah i remember looking over at her and she's just playing she goes (laughs) so don't feel so bad about making noise because that person tried to burn the building down oh my god (laughs) but it was we we did we re-edited so many times like we were just like i'm like shut up like we we need to shut up dude Mm -hmm. or he would be like i think she's doing an important part we should probably stop i'm like you're right like it was and and he told me to tell you this he felt so bad for stopping you so we could do the parade for the clo- uh, for the the costumes he's like oh god he shouldn't because singing for two and a half hours is very <laughs> difficult I professional musicians don't do that they have an opening act and then they play for an hour maybe <laughs> or like if you see like a big band play and the singer will disappear throughout the show mm-hmm. and go backstage and relax for a little bit or another member will sing for a little bit like i don't know how many concerts you go to but i'm, I'm a big concert nerd and yeah well see now we know how to implement it because you do your show you start you do your your first 30 minutes or hour and then mm-hmm. you have puppets come in like midway and they do their singing and they do their <laughs> stuff and then like you come back after like 25 30 minutes after everybody's just <laughs> tired of puppets but like and then you go back on and you just strum your uke okay. um, <laughs> man, just rap yeah yes. there you go <laughs> but so you you play the ukulele do you play anything else um not that that's not enough but i'm just let's curious. see let's see i can play um three chords on the guitar not very well um i used to play the harmonica um i'm not i played it as like a young person and then you know my parents were like please stop playing that harmonica <laughs> <laughs> um I can play um a few chords on the mandolin okay. um which is pretty it's pretty simple um uh, as far as like you know making the chords if you have little you know for me it's easy because I have little hands but um yes we've talked about my snossage yes. fingers Yes. And so I, I attempt to play the ukulele, but like D chord, I can't do it because my fingers are too fat. You need a bigger ukulele is what it is. I mine's I think is as big as you can get before you go into like the bass ukes. I think it's yeah, you have a bar you have a baritone ukulele? I think so. I, yeah. I I'll have to I I can't yeah. say yes. Get a get like, a tenor or a baritone ukulele and you'll be able to make those shapes. Okay. All right, I'll I'll get on that. But yeah, otherwise it's just um vocals. I have uh, a pretty well tuned ear for harmonies, so mm-hmm. um a lot of times I was also in a band for a little while. Um, but I always uh, and even in choirs, like um, I sing background 
I sing mm. the backing vocals because my um I can do lead, um, but my strength lies in being able to hear what other people are doing and uh elevate what they're doing. Okay. Now, like I said, we heard you singing. Are you is is this your first engagement as an individual artist or are you yeah. So that was that was the first step. You heard my this... second gig ever. Shut up. As an as a solo artist, yes, you heard my second gig. Wow! Mm -hmm. Great. That's that's awesome. So where's the progression from there? What what's your your oh, your? Um, what did you say? Just play Wembley Stadium next month. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I um. So I collaborate. I love to collaborate with people. Um, because again, I like to be. I like to work with other people. Um. So my, I have a very good friend, um, Jim Lopresti, um, who uh, is a handpan artist. He's a, he's a multi-instrumentalist, but right now he's playing um, Buddha drums or handpans um, mm -hmm. that he uh, imports from uh, Ukraine. And um, he makes a lot of like ethereal sort of meditative music and um I my I, my first composition was done with him um in collaboration um so I sing while he plays um and uh we've never actually recorded together in person he sends me things and then I find the melody and then from there I start layering in all the harmonies and stuff so I've done like very teeny tiny little bits of production work um and uh, as far as singing solo, I'll probably keep playing at Fable, but um, I really just like to be, um, I like to be around my friends. I like to be around people that I know, especially after, after the sort of, it, it was small in the long run, I suppose, but like losing my voice while still doing shows and having to do that in front of people was devastating for my self-esteem and my confidence so it's taken me a really like not only has it taken me a long time to build my muscles back up but it took me a really long time to even be able to sit in my friend's store in a corner playing mm. um you were you know kind of on the other side of the store and you could hear me but what you couldn't see is that I have my eyes closed a lot of the time because I can't even like look you know I can perform in front of people I can have um you know, be very public facing persona. Um, but when it comes to like accompanying myself and being totally alone like that, like, oh no, the eyes are closed so that I can't see anybody looking yeah. at me. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, I, I can definitely tell John is a cheerleader for you. And oh, I yeah. absolutely am 100% on board because I'm over here thinking, man, we've got you at Fable. I do D&D &D at Fable. I need to have you doing like some like tavern music in the background, just singing. Like, tell me that wouldn't be awesome. The immersion is already there. Like, I know yeah. you don't do D and D. I know that's no, not I don't. Thing. That's a little too nerdy for me. Oh. I'm just <laughs> half this... of Elmwood at one point were big D and D players, mm -hmm. so there was a I'm level just, of we don't. I'm just kidding. I would, I would be, I would be your tavern wench. Like it, I could make that happen. Tavern bard. You're not the wench. Yes. The wench is the one behind the the. I'm the wench. 
Okay, Jonathan. I'll be the one. Yes, John can be the wench. I'll be the bard. Yes, I'll. You're gonna wear the the corset and just have it like oh, super tied up. Uh huh. Hell yeah. 100%. Yeah, the chest hair is really gonna bring it home too. I, I have no shame. I'll, I'll do anything for a laugh. We, when we John? were shooting Bernice, I walked yeah. around the studio one time with nothing but star pasties on. So like, I would see. This is why we're we're gonna be friends. And I'm not Either, fit anymore. It's okay. I used to be, but not anymore. I let it go. She, Look, I, I tell people like, you know, I, I'm getting in shape now, but round is a shape. And so that's that's the way I live my life. Um, I'm just happening to be making a bet with some guys I work with. And so I'm competitive, mm. which is so yeah. that's that's daddy doesn't like to lose. That's what I, you know, <laughs> um, but I, I I love everything that you guys do. Seriously, you guys are absolutely amazing. I really want to shout out John real quick because yeah, he's such a big cheerleader for me. John is the most supportive friend to me and the group um, as well. As, like as a group, he's supportive of the entire group. He's supportive of all the individuals in the group. Um, Thank you. And oh my God, like just one of the greatest humans, one of the greatest humans alive. He shows up to... Um, people's gigs he um shouts us out on social media he texts us to see how we're doing um we just have like ongoing text threads um again as individuals and sometimes as groups and um he's uh constantly updating all of us on what everybody else is doing like he is just like he is the center point of Elmwood Productions um and just his friend group he's an incredible incredible oh, person thank you incredible thank person you. and we are so gross and dirty in our humor and, yeah. and the fun things we do gross and dirty in just like the best way but yeah. uh I like her little feralness with it too She's oh like, so feral so feral but um I walked into Elmwood and they were worried that I wasn't gonna be like they were like, okay, is it going to be too intense for her? Like, what's going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. And like, I knew right away I had to make several really dirty jokes, just like yeah. one after the other to be like, I am here for what you have. <laughs> <laughs> and um, throughout all of that, I've never been, especially because it's, you know, the majority of them are men. So um, it can be at first intimidating as a young woman, you know, or younger, I guess, woman, um, being in a group of people like that, but they are in all their, like, in our shared crassness, um, there's never been a moment where, like, there was any discomfort, you know, like, they are just the coolest, coolest, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that, like, John is just, like, a walking heart of gold pretty self-depreciating too with the humor so i think that might help a little so yeah, the first one to make fun definitely. of myself like yeah definitely so, um and really make fun of myself like you got to oh you got Always. to mm -hmm. listen listen no one has a smaller penis than me don't be jealous <laughs> i know i'm bragging hung like a field mouse in winter like a pimple. in a snowstorm <laughs> so like yeah it's just like but like yeah that's the kind of humor you get with us that's our, awesome i yeah. love dude i love and we're always so but honestly when we bring new people in we're always like okay tonight 
It's been good behavior. We, we can't say our best because you know we're going to... Somebody misses <laughs> yeah. The Tricky is always going to push the edge. We have one guy in our group named Tricky and he's always going to push it over the edge just to, just yes. to see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know? And then he'll like apologize or he'll be like... But normally... He's so quiet and so mild-mannered and he And then he says the most obnoxious shit. Like borderline like, dude, are you okay? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, a cry for help? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but... um, Like all we do is laugh comes in, together. <laughs> So whenever somebody comes in, we're always like that. And I remember that with Jess being like, all right, we don't really know her. We know her through Keith too. And like, let's just, and the theater thing can be a little different than what we do. And a, a lot of theater people are interested in puppetry. So we've had a lot of people come in and they're expecting something completely different out of it, even when we're on our best behavior. So it's like, we don't want to scare anybody away, but we want to make sure that they can gel. And Jess was like immediate gel. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. Yeah. So where can the good people out in the internet find you uh start john with elmwood productions where can they find you guys um we're on all social media as elmwood productions um the only one we don't really use i think is tiktok but we have one but facebook instagram updated regularly facebook almost daily it seems like right now Mm. Um, we're really kind of like doing reruns right now through our social media showing old stuff because we're working on new stuff but um elmwoodproductions.com is our website from there you can like buy merch you buy our movies you know buy a soundtrack you know just movies right now and t-shirts and stuff like that um and youtube is the one we really like pushing just if you look up at element productions on youtube we come up everything's free on youtube we don't charge on youtube which is great we don't do advertising so if you see an ad it's youtube putting on it not us we have not monetized but even if we can we won't i just it's not worth the hassle of dealing with it how little you get paid so mm-hmm. we keep it free um the one movie head that we were talking about earlier that's on amazon on tubi on voodoo it's also on youtube free with ads but the distributor picked it up puts the ads on it so we do get some of that money but that was through the distributor um and that's available on dvd as well so it was bernice and bernice is only available on dvd right now we went completely old school it's not streaming mm-hmm. anywhere it's not on youtube yet we're still going through the festivals with it so if you put it out online you lose the festivals I guess but we do have a limited amount of dvds like i got a bookshelf full of them right there I'll show you one. <laughs> yeah, YouTube and Facebook.com, all that. But Bernice. Bernice. I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Dude, I was cracking up laughing watching the trailer. It's, oh, it's, good. I, it's like, just, I like I enjoyed it. It's sketch comedy, music infused sketch comedy. For anybody mm-hmm. who's wondering what the movie's about, because the trailer doesn't really give you anything yeah. other than if you laugh. So it doesn't tell you what the movie's about. It's just like SNL with puppets, but with a lot of music mixed in. It's also a secretly beautiful movie. Thank you. It is. It is a secretly like art house, beautiful, even though it was done like tongue in cheek, it's, it really it, does come across that way. Some of it was meant to be completely sincere too, which I'm proud yeah. of. It's, when we first started, it was going to be bombastic over the top and then COVID happened. Yeah. And we had to pull back on some of the ideas. So we were saving those for another movie and we went with the more sweeter side, but some of it's just outright, like you said, goofy and yeah, still Elmwood, but it's PG thirteen. It's not R either. It's I think there's mm. there's not a single F bomb in the movie, you know. Okay. Like, but um, yeah, that's my favorite thing we've ever done. That's that's awesome. <laughs> uh, and Jess, where can the good people out in the internets find you, madam? Oh, geez. Okay, so um, I do have a website. It's JessRawling.work, and that has all of my um information as far as like what I do vocationally as a teacher and. Um, it also has pictures of my dog, Doug. Um, and I do have an Instagram. Um, it is private, but I mean, depending on, you know, 
after I screen people, maybe I'll let them follow me. It's uh, <laughs> um, Jess, the three S's underscore moves, um, M-O-V-E-S. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't post a lot of like stuff to my main page, but I do post stories almost every day. They're usually of Doug being very entertaining. Um, and, uh, I do post a lot of ukulele videos up there though. Um, nice. just for, just for funsies. There's also a great, the last thing I posted on my page, um, is a recording of, um, me singing 13 by big star. Um, it's a recording of me and all these layered harmonies and Doug makes a surprise appearance howling through the <laughs> song. Um, and it's oh. our first collaboration and we're very proud of it. Um, you should be, you should be. <laughs> That's it's, it's, it's romantic. It, it, I like yeah. it. And, um, uh, yeah. If people, if people want to get in touch, especially, uh, fellow musicians who think we might be a good fit or fellow theater artists who have different projects that they, um, want to do, uh, yeah, I love collaborating with people. I love making friends. That's awesome. Um, I'm, I'm going to piggyback on that real quick. Yeah, go ahead. We make, we make custom puppets for people <clears> as well. The links are on our website as well. We don't mind if people need stuff. We do video work and things like that too. For yeah. We made tons Their of music video work is really great. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. We do commercials. We're shooting one next week. Like we, you know, with and things like that and educational videos, instructional videos we've done. So we have like a whole industrial side that we don't really promote as much, but. Okay. That, that kind of helps pay our bills, really. Yeah. No, I, I, I we should. Yeah. I apologize for not asking about that earlier. I didn't think of it because I. <laughs> I know making. we're having so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> right. But the link is there for custom puppet making too. I do that. That's also what helps keep us going. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and dude, I, I, Jess, John, I absolutely want to have you guys back on the show again. You guys are have been an absolute joy to have on. We Seriously, are you are quite fun. <laughs> I, well, not to stroke your egos just a little bit, but you know. <laughs> so let's go ahead and let's wrap this up on our side. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you're listening to podcasts. And if you are listening to us on Apple or Spotify, please remember to rate and review. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, so please like and follow us at DNA Pod or on our webpage, nerddnapod.com. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and I have been humbled. I have been faltered. I have been just absolutely stuck on my words by these two amazing people jess rawling and john bristol thank you guys so much for being on the show elmwood productions and jess who is a just phenomenal musician go out there go find them go check them out guys and go support them thank you so much for being on the show tonight guys seriously thank you and thank you and good night <laughs> <laughs>